0: This is Graphic Novel TK, your podcast guide to comic book publishing.
1: Welcome to Graphic Novel TK. I'm Gina Gagliano. And I'm Ellison Wilgus. We're excited to talk to you today about publicity. A lot of ways that readers hear about what's going on with books or what's happening with books is through the things that a publicist will set up. So we're very pleased to be taking you behind the scenes into that world, the world of publicity. Uh, we have an amazing guest here, Maya Bradford, a senior publicist at Abrams, and she's going to talk to us about how all this works. Hi, guys. I'm very excited.
2: I was just saying I've never been interviewed for anything in my life. Um, Welcome. <laughs> set up quite a few, um, but I've never never been interviewed, so... Now you have a whole
0: new sympathy for what you're putting other
2: people through. I actually am kind of like, finally, like... <laughs> your, your moment has arrived. I'm not like my moment, but just sort of like you see people doing interviews and you're just like, oh, man, like you're not
1: doing it right, which means I'm going to do this terribly. Um, so, Maya, can you tell us a little about who you are, how you got into comics, and what your job is now?
2: Sure. So, um... I am a senior publicist at Abrams, like Gina said, and I've been there for eight years. I started as an intern um, right out of college. I was an English major, um, and I came back home because I'm from Brooklyn and really like books, and I was like, I want to get into publishing. And um, for some reason, I had been an insane like, worker bee and had already interned in publicity a lot, so... Um, I guess I will say that publicity is a really easy area to get into because it's not as sexy as some of the other departments like editorial and design. So when I said I wanted to intern in publicity, there was just an opening for me. And I was at Abrams and there weren't a lot of other publicists who liked comics. And I really loved comics. I loved comics my whole life. It was kind of my thing. And they had this great imprint, Abrams Comic Arts, and they didn't have people who are gunning for some of those books. So I quickly went from being an assistant who had to work on books like Yoga Dogs (laughs) to being somebody who got to work on pretty big comics books because I just had a real enthusiasm for it. So I've really gone from there. And um, now I kind of do all of the comic stuff at Abrams, and I also do all of our big pop culture books, like Star Wars, anything cool branded stuff, like Adventure Time and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I just sort of found a niche for myself there. And, it, and I've never left, unlike most people in,
1: in <laughs> publishing. So before we kind of dive into all of the stuff that you do, and what's involved with publicity, what is publicity? Like, if someone's listening to this episode, and they're like, you are a publicist, like, what does it mean? I'm so glad you asked
2: because nobody knows this, not our own interns in my department, not my authors who I've worked with forever. I think because it's boring for most people, but there is a very uh, a big difference between marketing and publicity. So publicity falls under marketing. But if you have a book, you're going to have a marketer and a publicist, and they're going to do very different things. And you're never going to remember and you're going to send them emails all the time asking them to do things that aren't their jobs. And that's fine. We really don't mind. I literally work with a marketer and a publicity in my freelance job. And I'm still really bad at telling
0: the difference. So I'm super looking forward to having another explanation of this. Please, please tell me.
2: Well, I think I think (laughs) the biggest difference is that marketing does stuff that they pay for and everything publicists do is for free, right? That's how I think of it. I mean, There's some more nuance in there, but basically I get press for people and I do not pay anybody for anything I get. And a marketer, you can buy ads, you can buy content, you can create things that you pay for. I don't do any of that. I basically have to convince people in the world that your product is great and that they want to review it or promote it or do something with it. And it has to just be because they like the product. So I'm a very social worker. I have to call... Press and I have to talk to people I've never met every single day and talk about your book and how awesome it is. And I also have to talk to you a lot. If this is a podcast, we're talking to creators, right? Mostly. So, okay, well, if you are a creator, I have to talk to you a lot. I have talked to you almost more than your editor, who sometimes is afraid of you and dumps you on me, and I have to deal with you for years uh, because they're done. Um, and I think marketing is a much more kind of interior job where you get to think about creating products, and you don't have to talk to the author that much. Like, you just get to kind of do your own thing. And publicists are with you on tour. I set up your events. I'm with you at your signings. I'm controlling your crowds if you're lucky and people like you. Um so that, that for me is the difference is I'm your events and free press person and your marketer does a lot of things that are ad related or even social media related, which is like, I guess that's the other part. It's not just paying for things. It's things that are already yours. So if you're coming from a brand that is you or if you're coming from a brand where like you work for Netflix, like your marketer will be your liaison between Netflix and your new book, stuff like that.
0: Does that make sense? You're the person who's in the cab with the author feverishly texting the event to say you're going to be late.
2: Yeah. um, Yes. And you're calling me crying when your book comes out because you had a bad day and you messed up and you just want to like talk to somebody. That's me.
1: So what's the day to day of your job like? You said you spend a lot of time on the phone.
2: Yeah, actually, you know, something that's kind of a lie. I mean, (laughs) I spend a lot of time on the phone with authors, but I would say, in this age, I spend not that much time on the phone with press. People don't like phone calls. They find them really invasive, and they really like emails. And to be frank, so do I. Um, but yeah, emailing my- <laughs> is very good. I, I agree with you here. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <like, too.
0: laughs> I like being able to think through the thing that I'm saying, especially when it's to people I don't know very well. A lot.
2: Well, and sometimes, it, you know, frankly, it's like I'm not going to remember everything you're saying on the phone that well. And if it's a detail oriented call, why are you calling me? And this is sort of my free advice to anybody who works at a bookstore. I also want to take this moment to be like Gina. Is, knows everything I'm talking about a lot better than me because uh, she's an amazing publicist now publisher but has been doing this for many years so you're um, amazing
0: too (laughs) we all have our own journey and we respect yours Mm,
2: mm, thank you but but yeah definitely I'm uh, a lot of communicating there's not a lot of like retreating into the world and like working on a list and publicity there's always somebody calling you I guess and then I'm ignoring your call and I'm emailing you because (laughs) it's appropriate Um, but yeah my day-to-day is author management and um, planning press so you know press sometimes can happen really quick. Somebody works on a blog and they want to do a story and it's great. Sometimes it's long lead and I'm talking to a magazine for months trying to get your book into it. And so there's a lot of different kind of press work you're doing every day and events,
1: which takes also months. When do you start thinking about the books that Abrams is putting out? When's the first time you're like, okay,
2: Well, for reference right now, I'm having phone calls and meetings with all of my authors for spring 2019, right? Yeah. Uh, All the years I kind of like, it's hard to keep track of like, what year we're in. Um, And spring for you I was going to say like,
1: remind,
0: because like, publishing is weird and has only three seasons. So remind people what spring is. Random
1: House's spring starts in January.
2: So Abrams only has two seasons. uh, (laughs) So spring starts basically in february for some reason january still counts as fall okay it kind of depends we're a little loosey-goosey um i'm extra glad
0: that i asked you to clarify this because i did not know that you guys had two seasons we only have
2: two seasons we have two catalogs so we kind of go by that um where we put all of the books for one season in the spring and all the other whatever you get it so right now i'm talking to people whose books won't be out for a year uh and just to kind of Get started on me understanding who they are and kind of getting a sense of like their platform. And I'm basically doing that so that I can tell sales about them. So that's like the other really big part of my job is I am the spokesperson, even more than the editor, who sometimes is a little too close to the project to be able to communicate that in a way that makes sense to sales. Is I present at sales conference, I'm constantly communicating information about your book to sales, letting them know like what you're up to, how your platform's growing. Did you just get a TV show? Did you just not get a TV show? Um, And I'm I'm keeping them in the loop. And that's important because sales is then telling all of like the accounts like Amazon and bookstores and Barnes Noble to get excited for a book, even if it doesn't, not a book that's going to be so big, like nationally, but even just regionally, like this person is, something's happening. So I'll start talking to you a year out, but I probably won't start really paying attention to you as a person uh, until, like, a few months before your book. And that's when I start calling you a ton and we start organizing events and press and stuff like that.
1: So from what you're saying, it sounds like each book is different. Yes.
2: Each book is a very, very special snowflake that I um, treat really differently. Yeah, for sure. What are the things you're considering when you're deciding
0: how you're going to handle. For one thing, actually, backing up a second, how does a book kind of fall into your basket of responsibility. Like do you guys as a group of publicists who are working with this publisher all just be like, "Hey, here's the books that are coming up for the next year. Who wants to work on what?" Or do you get approached by this like how do you even end up working on a specific book?
2: Well, I work for like a mid-sized publisher. So Abrams is smaller than Random House, but like bigger than I don't know, like Fanographics, it's in the middle. So I think we get a little bit more freedom. Um, like I said, I've basically taken over all the comics, but sometimes there's a book that somebody else I work with wants, and I'm like, sure, take it, unless I feel very passionate about it, in which case I'm like, no, it's mine. But um, yeah, I, I, I get to decide what books I want to work on. We see the list about maybe a little bit over a year out, and I pick it. I'm
0: sorry, this is a podcast that really, really (laughs) loves weird, nitty-gritty details. Like, do you guys literally, like, get lunch together? Like, how does this work? Do you kind of circle things in the catalog and check in with each other, like— like, logistically, how does this happen, even?
2: Well, um, we launch books. So I think most publishers have a launch. And then after... Like, it's a, a meeting. It's a meeting. Sorry. Launch is a meeting okay. uh, where, where editors come, and like I was saying, they're very precious about their books, and they give like their most, like, this is my baby that I have acquired, and this is what's so amazing, and they give you a really nice presentation about it. And then a little bit after that, we, in my department, send around a list, and we talk about it. Uh, we don't go to lunch but we do discuss we're open plan now. So, you know, everything's oh, kind of a lunch. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and sometimes honestly, like I'll see that someone took something and I'm like, mm, I wanted that. And then we talk about it. Uh, and sometimes it ends up that I will get it or I'll be like, you know what? You like it more or we'll work on it together, which is only for bigger books that I think maybe could use the benefit of like one of our experiences and whatever. But yeah, it's pretty um, democratic. You don't have a lot of fights about it. It's pretty nice. So it mostly shakes
0: itself out, and then you kind of talk out the things that need talking out, basically. Yes.
2: Well, we also have uh, specialties, right? Like, I mean, I'm a little bit of a jack of all trades. So I do not just comics. I, I do other kinds of books, too. And sometimes I'll take things that are like, like a textbook with some pictures about movies. Like, I'll, I'll take different things. But some people are, like, really cookbook and lifestyle oriented. And that's important because as a publicist, you have people you're talking to a lot. And if I suddenly was like, I need this interior design book, I'd have no idea what I was doing, because I don't know who's writing about that stuff. So I could do it if my, you know, my boss is very nice, she'd let me but it would be a lot of work to figure that out. Whereas comics, I like know everybody and I know what to do.
0: That's so interesting. because It's not just do you know about the topic. So it's like, do I know about this topic so I can talk about it intelligently? is this author somebody who I'm going to have anything to say to when we're stuck in this taxi cab in traffic? True. And do I know, am I familiar enough with the group of people who want to write about this as journalists and who want to read this as readers that I can reach them? So like, those are all things that you're thinking about. I didn't actually thought about it that way. That's very interesting.
2: I mean, for sure. Like, it's something that I really like a challenge if I get a book that's super weird. And sometimes I do that. But it can go really bad. And then you kind of feel like, like, maybe somebody would have been better at this. But with comics, I don't feel that way anymore, which is nice, which is why I'm on this podcast. Excellent.
1: We were starting to talk, I think, about how you build campaigns and how you build campaigns for different books. So you know, when you're starting to talk to, talk to people that like year out from the book being published, is that the point when you're starting to think about what the campaign is? Like, Do yeah. you make a plan?
2: I, I make a plan that's very loose, right? I kind of feel like marketing makes plans really far out because they are like, oh, we have a budget. We're going to like a lot, like some money for ads for this and, you know, that stuff. Publicity, you never know what's going to happen necessarily. Um I kind of don't make plans, I make tears of like, this author is a big deal, and it's going to be a lot of work. And or this author has this crazy platform, we got to start thinking about that. And this author has nothing. And I'm just gonna to have to make it all up. And it doesn't really matter what I do. Not like it doesn't matter. But it, it's on me more than it is me managing that author's life, which sometimes is the whole job. Like if you're crazy famous, like I once worked on a book. With, like, John Leguizamo, who made a graphic novel, and it was less about, like, me figuring out, like, how to get attention for this book and me figuring out, like, where we could make this book fit into his life. Um He's a very nice man. I really liked working with him. And it was... More. Yeah. So once I started talking to him like a year out, I'm like, what's your schedule? Do you have a movie? Like, where are you going to be? Like if he's filming out of the country, that's going to impact. And he was. And that was a problem. And we had to talk about that. So that's the kind of thing. Like, if you are somebody who has a lot going on, I start thinking about how to work around that or how to work with that. And if you're somebody who's like, oh, I'm a debut author, I don't have a lot happening I'm less concerned so far out. I mean, I could be like, start building your platform a bit more and we talk about that. But but yeah, I I, I use that early stage to do kind of like information, like kind of reconnaissance with you. Like, what do you have going on? Like, are you somebody who goes to all the cons? Are you on tour basically already? Like, how can we make this book like seamlessly start to become part
1: of your platform? So do you find that some books are easier to publicize than others? Hmm. Yeah, I think I do. What makes them easier to publicize?
2: Ugh, this is I feel like a little controversial because it kind of depends. Like some books just really like speak to people and they pop and they start getting these crazy early reviews and they whatever. Like the best we could do. That is exactly a book that did that. I guess what I immediately thought of is like there's like three, there's like fiction, like versus nonfiction. So the best we could do was a memoir. And I feel like memoirs always kind of have like this kind of like buzzy like talk around them. Like there's just an element of a memoir being
1: really hypeable. I don't totally know the reasons for
2: that. Gina, maybe you have thoughts?
1: I mean, they're about the author. So the author is intrinsically interesting enough to have something to say about maybe. I mean, that's that's my best guess. (laughs) I I mean, often I also feel like there's this
0: idea that by reading this book you're going to get more information about a thing you already care about, and mm-hmm. there's good and bad versions of that, like the Jill Soloway book that just came out is something
2: that right. comes to mind. But in some ways Jill Soloway falls into like the other category I was thinking of, which is a- an existing platform, right? Like Those mm-hmm. books are really easy to publicize because you already exist in a world where we just kind of get to like glom on to whatever you're doing and amplify it. But in the example that Gina gave of Tebow Issues, Not an author. She was a debut author. So it was just the idea of a memoir about a young Vietnamese refugee that was, like, buzzy. People wanted that. And I think Mm -hmm. that happens with a lot of memoirs and people who get them. And then there's other nonfiction that is also easier to publicize because people know what it is. Like, Abrams does this a ton. You do nonfiction about the economy and about the environment, and that's already got an audience. You just give it to them. The hardest is fiction, Uh, graphic novel fiction if you're nobody if you don't come from a background you're not a famous person and you're doing your debut fiction graphic novel I find that to be the hardest because it's a bit of a crapshoot like either well we can get into what makes a really good author but it can go really badly I feel like fiction is the biggest risk you're either somebody who's going to be a really great author or you're not and it's gonna be really really hard for me to convince people that they should read your book Uh, And I feel like nonfiction, I have a bit more of, like, a place I can go. It's like, oh, you're writing about science or spacecrafts. Or the Brooklyn Bridge. Or the Brooklyn Bridge, or people who are going to want to write about this. And graphic novels already kind of sometimes have to fight to be seen as, like, literature. And when it's a fiction, it's it's harder.
1: Going back a few steps, you know, you said that the editors launch the books. Then how much do they keep being involved with you? Like, are the editors like, I would like a book tour, or are they kind of like involved with the plans in that way? Hmm. How, <laughs> how much are you kind of taking the books from them and driving the ship?
2: Um, I think it's similar to how all authors are different. All editors are different. Um, and I have, I think, pretty good relationships with a lot of the editors that I work with. And they respect my opinions, and I am here to listen to them, and they can give me the knowledge of the authors that I don't know, and we can talk about it. But I I really do take the editor's opinions into account. I do. Um, I would say, again, being a mid-sized publisher, I'm really lucky because it is, again, like a conversation. Um, I'm not really being told what to do all the time. Like, sometimes I'll get a book, and it's an obvious thing. We have to tour it. No question. But sometimes... When it's not, I can kind of be like, I think we should do this, or I think we shouldn't. And the editor usually is there to kind of support my thoughts about that. I mean, also, frankly, because, like, they don't know how to make a tour. They can't convince me. Like, they don't know the first thing about it. So if they're like, it should happen, but, like, what's the next step? What are they going to do? So we, I think, talk about these things a lot. um, And they usually know what I'm thinking early on. And I kind of have
1: a lot of freedom to build a tour that I think makes sense.
2: Yeah.
1: So you also mentioned you have a boss and I presumably do. you also have like colleagues that you work with in have marketing. A bosses, yes. And then there's a publisher. Mm-hmm. So do they get to weigh in and be like no, we really want a tour for this person or like we have to get this person on NPR like are they are they involving themselves in your publicity goals and plans? I mean, sure. Yes. <laughs> Yes,
2: there's <laughs> meetings, there's conversations. It's, um but I, I would say I'm really lucky. I have a lot of freedom. People, I've been doing this long enough and I have a good enough track record that like people believe I've tried my hardest. Like you can, I'm sorry, no tapping on the table, I was told. <laughs> you can say you need to get on NPR, but what does that mean? Like it's, it happens or it's not gonna happen. And yeah. I think Once you convince people that you really care about the things that you're working on, they know that I've tried. And sometimes amazing things happen. People are like, oh, my God, how did you do that? And sometimes nothing happens. And I'm like, I am so ashamed. We have to talk about this. This book isn't working. And I think I've gotten to a place where people respect both answers, where they're like, we know you tried your best. Or, like, we can't believe you made this happen. And they don't, like judge me too harshly for the failures. Now that it's a failure, your book is great. (laughs) Sometimes things just don't happen. So I mean,
0: publicity is something that gets talked a lot by authors, but also is kind of a black box to them at the same time, making it a very frustrating conversation. Yes. So for instance, like book tours are a big thing people talk about. um, But obviously, not every book gets a book tour. And more specifically, not everybody gets a book tour that's like a capital b book tour which right. the publisher is paying for as opposed to i the author am just going to hurl myself around the country for six months and beg bookstores to let me do signings with them which i mean is a completely
1: legitimate strategy so like yeah. but well, let I, me interject six months is a lot like I, yeah well just the, fyi well, i will
0: say that the most people i know who are doing kind of informal self-guided like book tour it really is more just like i'm just going to be doing a lot of conventions this year and rather than there's the two schools like am i just going to travel nonstop for a few weeks or am i just going to be doing at least one event a month for like a long anyway yes no being being on tour constantly for six months would probably (laughs) literally kill you
2: it's really interesting i feel like the the more i talk to like career authors the more i'm like wow they're burnt out yeah like they don't even want these opportunities that like other authors would beg for because they're tired but so obviously
0: like not all books get book tours But, I mean, I think that's partially not just because, like, there's the budget aspect of it, but there's also, like, I don't think all books benefit from book tours. So, like, do you have any thoughts on that? About, like, when you're deciding about whether or not to, for instance, send an author on tour or encourage them to organize one of those more self-motivated tours, like, what kinds of books do you feel, like, benefit from, for instance, going and doing signings at a lot of bookstores or doing a lot of events like that?
2: It's a very complicated question. I think that Gina, who comes from the kids' world, will know that there's maybe more touring authors in the
1: kids' world. There are, because a lot of kids' touring is based on school visits, where you send an author to go speak at a school, and you prearrange the event with the school, and the school has kids in it. It, People are going to show up to that event. Yes, as long as there's not some sort of distressing weather incident. The kids are at the school and they they come to the event, which is not as much the case when you're doing like an evening bookstore event, something at the 92nd Street Y, like a a public thing where you depend on people to just spontaneously show up after, of course, a lot of work that the publicist puts in to attract an audience and a lot of work that the bookstore puts in to attract an audience.
2: Right. And I think the adult equivalent for those school visits is University tours, which is like anybody who's not an there listening to this, that is your goal. It is so much money. Um, <laughs> and it's very competitive. So a lot of authors I get will be like, I really think that I could see myself talking about this book at like universities all over the country. And I'm like, yeah, definitely a goal. But it doesn't happen like that. It's not like with, I think, these school tours where there's tons of schools all over the country who are not the university level, like high school, middle school, elementary school, who want authors to come and talk to them. And there's way more of them than there are universities and they pay less. I mean, not nothing, but they pay a little bit less. And there's more of like a cycle of touring. I think the universities are looking for people who have sometimes like a bit more of a platform, not to say that kids authors don't have a platform. It's just a bit of a different world. And I think adult authors don't understand that there isn't so much of a pipeline that you can totally get into until something like amazing happens. Like T. Bowie, not to keep bringing her up, but she is amazing. Love T. Bowie is like in that pipeline now. Like universities really want to speak to her. And that took a long time. Like she, it didn't happen like the, you know, day after her book came out. And she's a great public speaker. I've seen her on panels a few times. Completely. Too. So it's like a perfect storm if she's a great speaker. She's got a great message. She was connected to academia and like the college world, like when this started and like really, like, use those contacts very smartly. And then her book did really, really well. And then she kind of got picked up by one school as like a first year experience where all the freshmen had to read it. And then all the other colleges were like, what's that book? And they started talking about it. Like that's like a really a lot of things happening. It's not just me like, you know, writing Princeton and being like, would you like to talk to this author? Like it doesn't work that way. So that is all to say, looking at a model of somebody like, in terms of someone who should go on tour, I immediately put her on tour because she was such a great speaker because she did have contacts. She was willing to use them. We did a combination of things I made up for her and sent her to and then things that she kind of knew about and I helped her work out. So that was important, right? Like, it's not just you being like, I want to go on tour. I don't know anything about it. Just send me out there. (laughs) And you have to be a little bit like, yeah, you should have gone to some cons. Like, yeah, you should know some people like in like the college world, like if if that's what you want to do. And I can help you with that. But to start from nothing, it's really hard. So ah, what kind of an answer is that? I don't know. Um, I mean, it's complicated.
0: Like, I mean, the thing that I tell people a lot when it's like their first book, or at least their first book that's like with the publisher, and they have their signing at like the first, second booth or the Abrams booth or whatever. And they're like, only like six people showed up to my signing. I'm like, okay, did you know all those people? Like, well, I only knew half of them. Like, you had three strangers come to your signing. And I'm like, in my, I would actually love to know I don't know if I've actually asked Gina this question before or not. In my experience, watching cartoonists, you either have zero to 10 people that you're signing or you have like 50 plus. And there's no, it's like a big jump. Like either there's a line and it's like a real question if you can accommodate everybody in your signing or almost nobody shows up. And it's like happens very quickly like you move into a level of notoriety where people are like oh I have to make sure that I get my book signed by so and so and like once you flip that switch it's like a lot of people all this I don't know it's very interesting to watch that happen to various friends of mine like see them go over that bump and go from oh nobody showed up to my signing to holy shit I wish they would stop making me do signings because my arm is gonna fall off because I had to sign like 500 books at New York Comic Con or like whatever
2: you get like the carpal tunnel yeah yeah, I I do think that um, there is a stage where you have to be really hardworking and grateful for what you get. Um, there are people who have been doing this forever, like even like Durf Backdurf is like an author I work with a lot. And he did My Friend Dahmer, and he's been, like, on the con circuit forever. He's really old school, like, whatever. And he will stay there, and he will sell every last book that we bring to every con, even if there's no line, just by merit of, like, being like, hey, I'm a comics author. Like, do you want to look at my book? And he'll sell every single book that we brought. And that's just hard work. You know, like, there's, like, usually, like, a little line, and then... People kind of mill around, and then he'll kind of get it back just by being really charismatic. I mean, charismatic for Durf, if you've met him, is <laughs> an interesting thing. But he is. He has a, a cult following, and he and he really is, like, there when he's really, like, got a huge line, and he's there when he doesn't have a line. You just have to kind of understand that these things take time, and sometimes even when you've made it, it's a bad day. Like, who knows? Being an author is a lot about humility. <laughs>
1: So you're talking about tours, and we talked a little about conventions. But, like, what are the other things in your publicity arsenal that you plan to deploy on behalf of authors?
2: You mean in terms of events or just anything? Like, I mean, (laughs) you...
0: In more, I think in more than the getting people in NPR department mm, and other kind of yeah. press and publicity kind of stuff.
2: Well, I mean, definitely there are only so many people, um, I think, in the media world who are writing seriously about comics. So, I mean, my part of my job is to just keep an eye on those people and to pitch them pretty seriously. Um, I have, and I'm sure Gina does too, um, people that I have conversations with every few months about the books that are coming out who work for various really big outlets from the New York Times to NPR to whatever – and I'm definitely pitching your book. Like, if you're my author, yeah. don't worry. I'm always <laughs> pitching your book. Yeah. So um,
1: there's radio, like there's NPR. Radio. There's print media, like the New York Times. There's people like the AV Club and like Straddle and those other kinds of like... To be
2: honest, most of the stuff lives online for me these days. Um, I look back just sometimes because... I don't know, um, on like old like press documents of what things like used to be like in like 2004. Oh my god, there is so much more press out there. There were so many more reviews, there were so many more newspapers, like, that's all gone. It's crazy, like really, like it shrunk. And I think you need to understand that a lot of your press is going to happen online. And it's amazing if you get print press, like that's cool. But sometimes it doesn't even make more of a difference than getting a really good online story. I guess yeah, something that i do for an author whose book i'm working on is i just make sure that like everybody who's writing about pop culture and comics and books gets your book and i'm talking to them like i really we are sending these books out i think that's different for some publishers but how many review copies you send i'm pretty liberal with it um it's something that i just want everyone to see your book especially because we make graphic novels these are beautiful objects to see them
1: is to sometimes convince somebody that they're worth like reading the pdf isn't the same no yeah yeah. So then you also have blogs online, and then there's also television.
2: Ooh, TV. I don't know, Gina. Do you want to tell me something about that? I don't feel like I'm getting so much TV. <laughs> no, no. Podcasts are the
1: new
0: TV. It's fun.
1: Podcasts are the new TV. I'm actually not joking. No, I'm not joking either. But wait, do finish about TV. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just, uh, well, so I would say that expecting to get on TV if you're an author is... I feel like it's, like, a, a slam dunk, like, lottery ticket sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it works if you have something that's, like, I don't know, newsworthy and topical, which almost never happens in graphic novels because they take so long to make. Yes, true. Um But, like, like, sometimes it does happen and and everyone is like, how did this happen? This is amazing.
2: I mean, yeah, I've gotten authors on TV. I've gotten them on, like, PBS. Um, I've gotten them on... There's been some late night. Oh, it's so funny because Seth Meyers, is a comics fan, I feel like it comes up in every single meeting. They're like, "Well, we get Seth Meyers? And I'm like, I just don't know if he has time to interview every graphic novelist this season. Like, he's got other people. Will Stephen Colbert talk about my graphic novel? Uh, so here's the other thing is like, if you are a graphic novelist who's never been on TV, like that's a huge risk for TV to take. They don't often take people with like no reels. And like, you know, that's the thing they ask for right away. is like, can you show me other interviews? they've done on TV. And then you're fucked, because what other interviews do we have? Honestly, like, it is important to like, TV is not like radio, like, you have to have a little swagger. And sometimes you don't if your book has blown up so much, like, you know, whatever, but they do want to know about that. It's it's real. So TV, for me, it's barely a thing I think about unless your book is really, really blowing up. Like T. Bui, and she has been on TV, um, and it's just like, it just isn't the uh, radio. So much more realistic, yeah. especially because they have so many more like interesting angles. You know, public radio is like willing to go into like the weird thing you're writing about. TV, it, it does have to be
1: really relevant, and um, that doesn't happen so much with graphic novels. Um, so when people are being authors and they're like, okay, I have this publicist and I talk to them and my book's a year away. What should they be thinking about doing? And when should they be thinking about doing it? You've talked to them and you've kind of gotten the idea of them so that you can plan your campaign. Should they then like go away and sit in a dark room until you call them back several Um. months later?
2: Mm, yeah, definitely not. Probably because they're not done with their book. <laughs> Actually, so they should be in a dark room doing nothing but finishing their book. Because uh, I'm talking to them before it's done. But again, each book is different. If you already have a platform, I want to be strategic about when we're announcing that you have a new book. I want you to like be talking to me about like, oh, I was thinking of announcing on like my Instagram with all of my followers that I have a new book. Because I want to be involved in that. Um, I guess that's another thing to talk about is like, don't be coy about communicating about those things about like oh i'm gonna be going to like these shows i'm gonna be like posting this on my very popular blog like do keep me in the loop i literally (laughs) made a
0: spreadsheet that has all the cons I'm thinking about going to in 2019 that Mm -hmm. i shared with my editor to look at you
2: being so great i would love that from all of my 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 authors to be honest honestly
0: nothing else if you're a cartoonist uh those application periods are not long sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, being basically being like, what's coming up in six
2: months that might have an application that I'm about to miss out on totally. It's very helpful. I mean, scheduling is really beautiful to me. I love to see it. I love to know what you're up to. Um, sometimes there could be a moment, like if you're somebody who did a book that did really well and then you have another book coming out, maybe when you finish the cover, I could like get a cover reveal on a site that would announce your book and that would be like, A couple pre-orders. That would be cool. Every little bit counts. And so sometimes I feel like I see authors like kind of throw away like an announcement without like telling me or thinking about it. And I'm like, Oh, why'd you do that? Like, that's what I'm here for. Um, But sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter. And it's fine that you did it. But it's always nice to talk about like, I could just come back and be like, it's okay, like post it, I don't care. But I could be like, Oh, what an opportunity. And that would be fun.
1: Right? (laughs) Yeah. So sometimes I see other things than cover reveals, like, title reveals, Mm -hmm. or, like, first-line reveals. I feel like that's, like, when
2: people really want your stuff. Like, when we're getting into, like, first-line reveals, (laughs) I'm like...
0: Well, like, when the third uh, book in the Imperial Rat trilogy came out, and, like, he... Basically, like a million nerds are like, Yes, tell me what Breck is going to do next. I just really want
2: to know. And that's another thing is like, no one knows your audience better than you. Like, if you've got followers, like, you know what they want. So go to like me or your marketer or whoever and be like, I think they would really like to see like the, yeah, like the first line or like the first new costume or anything. And like, we'll work with you. But it should sort of be calculated a little bit. It would be nice to know.
1: Yeah. So you said that. There's those, like, lead-up things, like the cover reveal, like thinking about conventions. Like, when is the, like, iron-to-the-fire part of things going to start happening? And what happens then? Three months out is, like, when
2: I start being like, okay, it's, like, go time. Let's start talking about all of your contacts. Let's start talking about all of your plans. Let's, like, really start bugging people a lot about your book. And not much before that, because people they don't want to hear about it for so long, and they don't want to hear about it, like, for too little amount of time. So it's a really delicate place. Like if you start talking about your book six months out, people are going to be sick of it or they're going to forget about it or it's just going to be not worth it. So about three months on, like, that's when fire happens and then you know like a month around the on sale date is when things really get going that's when reviews start coming in like on the blogs i guess like the trades are a bit earlier and can you clarify what a trade publication is a trade publication is a beautiful thing i love you pw um but it's a it's a magazine or it's a it's a like a review system with library journal publishers weekly book lists shelf awareness outlets like that and they get the book early and they do early reviews and they are within the publishing world like they're it's kind of interesting because it is going through like a series of pros in the industry and so early reviews are can kind of be really exciting or really scary when they come back and if they're really good you're like oh my god like everybody in the industry is really excited about this book and if they're not you're like oh why isn't everybody in the industry really excited about
0: this book oh god i'm so for context my book is coming out in february so Mm. i'm like Right on the precipice of literally everything (laughs) we're talking about right now. So I'm listening to this being like, this is so interesting. And also like, (sighs) they're going to love it.
2: (laughs) It's going to be fun. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and if, so like teachers, librarians, booksellers. Yes, thank you, Gina's saying everything I should have said. Uh, who are reading the trade publications?
2: And, and,
0: they and are- also, that's not something an author has to do. That's like the pub- Like the author doesn't have to remember to submit their book for Kirkus or something. Like that is no. not their job.
2: No, no, we do. We do all of that. Um, and we submit you for awards. You don't have to do that either. I mean, I guess if it's a very niche award that you don't want to bother us with, go for it. But. Like if a, if you don't have a comic publisher and you want your comic to go to the Ignatz I was Awards, say Ignatz, yeah.
0: Maybe you should tell your editor what the Ignatz Awards are in case they don't know.
2: Yes, uh, for sure. Yes. But I mean, in general, I I, I would hope that your your publicist and marketer would tell you that they're going to do all those things for you when they when they meet with you because, um, yeah, you shouldn't be worrying about that. But I mean, and and trades they're really interesting because they also are very supportive of like the publishing community. I feel like there's like a lot of like sort of the cycle of like, they support you. And like, I often call on Publishers Weekly and Library Journal editors to like moderate my panels, like they're very great, but that that's an early stage. <laughs> and then about a month out before your, your book comes out. Um, that's when you know, the reviews on like blogs and podcasts and whatever, all of that starts coming in. And then like, I would say like that two week period around your on sale date is when things really are supposed to be like, hitting because you want a lot of orders to come in right before the book goes on sale for pre-orders because that first week of sales is like the most sales you're ever going to get really and you really want to make it big because that makes a good impression and makes reorders come in and just really good for sales so that's often why I tell reviewers to review things like a week before the on sale it's just to start that buzz before the book's even available which doesn't totally make sense sometimes
0: the way that I've kind of experienced it for myself and for other people is like a year out, when like your or whenever your book first goes up for pre order or something, like you know, mention it because like your handful of friends have been watching you
2: work on it will care. Mm-hmm. It is it's hard. I, I think I get sometimes because I do work on books that are really branded. Like I, I work on Star Wars. I do like I've done SpongeBob. I've done everything. So sometimes that two months before people can start getting really like buzzing about it. Like you know, like when a movie trailer drops mm-hmm. and they're just like, oh my god. But you're right. For most books, two months is for. Your world to know about it. And it's not going to be, like, much bigger than that.
0: I feel like that's when, like, your friends start helping you out.
2: I mean, this is actually really interesting to me because it's like – the really early stuff,
0: like my friends who are also cartoonists are not going to start screaming and yelling about my book six months out. No. Not because they don't care about me, because they know, like, the same thing you're saying, like, you don't want everybody to be exhausted about your book six months before it yes. comes out. But and it's you like, have other things to focus on, like, finishing your book. Yeah. But, like, all of your <laughs> friends and whatever who, you know, you might be sending things, nobody cares about my book and nobody wants to support me. It's like, no, they're just, they're also working cartoonists, so they understand that they should hold off on telling other followers to buy your book until... It's not six months away from out. Maybe it's, like, a few weeks away.
2: But you're so right. I mean, that three months is, like, that's when you start having friends be like, oh, my God, I would be on a panel with you. Oh, my God, like, we could do something at my local bookstore that's connected to this show. Like, that is when you can start talking about those things. And also,
0: that's when they start all going to your joint publisher's office and getting early copies of the book and bragging about it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, I feel like, like a cherished... Yes, like ritual, the Twitter brag of the, I went to talk to my editor and haha, I got a copy of this book. It's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful.
1: You. So you're in that, you know, lead after publication. Mm-hmm. What should the author be prepared to do? Are, are they kind of like sitting back and roll, like watching reviews roll in like or are you the having them like, do stuff? Such a delicate
2: uh, balance, Gina, between being really open to doing everything and not Bugging me too much with your anxiety. Um, it's it's so delicate. Um, you know, I think that it is really important. We talked about it a little bit, just to be like down for whatever, like down for like the weirdest, smallest uh email interview that a blog wants to do, and like down to like do something bigger, like yeah, like public radio, who knows? Um, and not be too picky about that stuff. Just be open to the experience and Have like an entire presentation, like make a PowerPoint presentation about your book, like if at any moment someone's like, talk about your book, be ready to have that, like do that kind of a work. You can't be so shy about like being put in the spotlight. Like, I'm here as I'm sure you've helped people like know how to do public speaking and You know, what kind of a, like, how to act when you're being interviewed, but ultimately it's on you to be engaging and to be able to sell your book really well. And that's the kind of work that you can be doing is just like at the ready to do anything. Um, I think that it's a time where you will be actually getting, that's like, that is when the interview requests will start, right? Like in the beginning, like just then. So, um, and I think. That you can be then talking to your friends, like asking all of the favors that you've ever wanted to ask for people who work in media or at in institutions or whatever. Like that, that's the moment. So you should not be sitting back and doing nothing. That month leading up, you should be doing a lot of work, actually. Um, and hopefully you will have the time to do it then because you have
1: finished, taken your, that, book.
2: finished your book <laughs> and you will have that two month period that you have blocked out for promotion because you know that is very important to be free to go wherever your publicist needs you to go and to do the work that you need to do. To promote a book, if you have a day job, of course, I understand you have a day job we will work around it. But I do ask people who have busy lives to make sure that those that that month or two around the book that they will dedicate to just thinking about this book. So you mentioned earlier things like, you know, obviously, you have contacts and people you work with. And we
0: also talked about how authors have contacts and people that they know, what kind of information is good for them to be passing on to you? Like, as in like, I have this, I know this person, or I know this thing, other things where you feel like it's more appropriate for you to be taking doing something with that context as opposed to the author doing it themselves
2: oh you mean like if you're an author and you know somebody and you're like should i be reaching out should you be reaching out yeah um definitely just tell me because sometimes you know this is like getting into like a thing about being a publicist where like we are not the like most popular career uh, for a lot of people we get a bad rep sometimes and sometimes it's true like a journalist doesn't want to hear from me as much as they want to hear from you like I have great relationships with some journalists. Some journalists don't really care about me. And if you know them, they might be like, if you send them like a little book with a note and you're like, Yeah, oh, a book come out, it's so cute, they'll be like, That is cute, as opposed to coming from me, where they'll be like, Ah, oh, it's work. So it depends. Like we can talk about it. Like if you have like I always ask this, so I like, make a list of everybody you know in media. Again, difference between publicity and marketing. If you have people who are important and not in media, you give that to your marketer. Um, But if you have people who work in media and you make a list and we can go over it together and you can be like, I'm not comfortable. Can you pitch these people? And I'll be like, yeah, I'd love to. Thank you for giving me all these contacts. And if you're like, I don't really want you to pitch them. They're my friends. Then I'll be like, I'll help you make the perfect letter and we can send it together or you can just DM them. I don't know. Whatever the fuck relationship you have with these people. Um, Again, everything is unique. One of my
0: friends, when I was talking to her about this a few weeks ago, when she was getting ready for her own book to start, like she was about to do her cover reveal. And I asked her how she'd done that, because she had mentioned that she'd arranged it herself. uh, And it turned out that she'd literally gone through her whole... Twitter list, like all of the people who follow her on Twitter, and found all of the mutuals who were journalists and made a list of just them. So like, smart. All of these people, who is the best person to ask to do my cover reveal? And I think the first person she asked ended up doing it. But amazing. It like, she literally just, because I, I I didn't even think about it the way she's literally like, hey, if, there, if we're mutuals, in theory, they care about my books. In theory is key, but lucky for her, yes, amazing. Well, at least it won't seem completely, I think her thinking was it won't seem totally batshit that no, I'm contacting so this smart. person. Like, they, they at least will, in theory, already know who I am, mm-hmm. even if they Followed me on impulse when they were drunk one night. Maybe they remember drunkenly following me. Who knows?
2: And that's a really interesting thing, too, because that is a way of being social that is, like, so new and internet-based, right? Like, you don't have to actually be very charismatic IRL if you can be somebody who's so good at networking online. And I see this a ton with authors I have that are like internet famous like they're so so good at creating these relationships online that's how they get big when they have an idea they're like let me see who else is writing about that they become like friends and then they really benefit from that and they have these people who support them but like in real life they can barely like hold a conversation Mm -hmm. and it's really interesting because like that I feel like is a new kind of celebrity where I'm like oh like you have a voice that lives online and it really 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 works for you and it's sold like thousands of books. But you're not like a traditionally charismatic person in the real world. It's interesting. I really I find it cool. Because I mean, it works. So whatever. But it's definitely sometimes surprising somebody who has such a strong voice, and then they it doesn't carry over to when they're they're speaking to you.
0: And something this friend of mine was saying when I was talking to her about this also was how it's easy because you a lot of us have anxiety. Yeah, about and I'm sure on the, the publicist, I do also have anxiety about this, about asking people to do things
2: yeah. like
0: that are a favor to you. Like, yeah. I'm going to benefit from this. And I, therefore, feel bad about asking you. The thing that my friend was saying, was like, she's like, yeah, but then I was thinking about it. Like, they have to fill space on their blog. Like, yeah. my asking to do my cover reveal, like, worst case scenario, they don't want to do it. Best case scenario, they're like, great. I didn't have anything to post about on Tuesday. You have given me a thing that I can post about now. Like, that worrying too much about the tra- transactional nature of that kind of thing with somebody where, like, that's literally their job. Yeah. If you're polite about it, you're already yeah. ahead of the... I think people get very self-conscious asking for things that feel transactional, and you forget, like, if you're being respectful of the person's time and the fact that it's their job, totally. people are going to be mad that you're asking them and for a you, professional favor.
2: If you know them in a social media sense, then you're probably supporting their stuff sometimes, too, right? Like, that is one of the most important things, I think, these days about um being like a professional or an author online is like supporting other people because then you get like in a group where everyone's like you're part of my group I'm going to support you when your thing comes out and it's this like thing where like you are associated with bigger names and then that makes your name bigger it's all a game and so if you're just asking for favors like yeah maybe that won't work but probably you're not and you're actually helping these people sometimes too um and that's like how you know them um
1: which is cool So are there things that you would advise authors not to do on the publicity front?
2: (laughs) Um, I mean, honestly, this gets so tricky because I don't necessarily feel like I'm someone who's going to tell you, like, oh, I mean – (laughs) I've worked with a lot of people and everyone's got things that work for them and things that don't but I do feel like being respectful of people's like time and understanding that everyone's coming from a different place and not being so flying off the handle I guess keeping things under control like this is your book I understand it's so so important like I do get it um but There's a lot of people working to make your book work. And I think that taking a step back when you're getting overwhelmed before you say things you don't mean to is really, really great. Uh, that would be the thing I would, I would say is like, just be, you know, you don't have to be like afraid to ask for things or talk to people. I don't, I don't mean that, but I do think that sometimes like emotions can run really high because we're working in an industry where like sometimes it's like you're a baby and to, make assumptions about how other people are dealing with that is uh, can be difficult. And being very cryptic, but you and know what from I mean. <laughs>
0: perspective here, like for instance, like and you're in a mid-sized publisher. Like yeah. how many books are you working on per season personally?
2: Um like, about, Well, I, I work on probably about like seventeen per season. So like to like per year, what is that? Like I can't do math. Like a little over thirty. Um and some of those like are a little bit more involved than others. Like some books don't have authors that are that present. I work on Self made hero, which is a distribution client of graphic novels from the UK. So, those authors are often not in the US, which means events are not happening that much. Um, and I'm still working on those books, but yeah, definitely the ones that take the most um, out of you are the ones where the authors are here and they want to do things.
0: So-, so, you're working on like 30 plus books, and some, some proportion of those are going to be taking up a yes, lot of your time. Exactly. So, likely. My book is my baby, but you have 30 babies. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, every month, y'all, you'll have. Th- this this one author's books plus two other books that you are constantly right plus that
2: book that did really well and will not stop and you're still dealing with that because it's a good idea to do
1: so because it's making money there's always a few of those yeah so you you mentioned uh communication also being an important thing before yeah I
2: mean I I think I want to know I want to know more I'm never going to be like annoyed if you're here just to be like oh like I met this person, or I'm going to the show, like, I want to know what you're doing. But I don't want it to be kind of a situation where you're like, (laughs) uh, I told you this thing, like, why didn't you get back to me? And like, why didn't you do this? Like, that kind of a thing is a little bit. And, And I say this not just because, you know, I think it's really important, you know, you're looking out for yourself, this is your book, definitely, you should be on top of things. I mean, we've talked about that a lot, you have a lot of work, you should be doing. But because if you're somebody who's not really being professional and not being very I don't know for lack of a better word like uh, pleasant then it actually affects the way that I work on your book and I don't mean like I don't like you I'm not going to promote your book that's not the case but it does change things Where it's like oh I have an opportunity and they're looking for an author who's going to do this like who's easier to work with who's better at like presenting their book who's going to be like not making this process of me getting them this like publicity moment like a hassle, because I have a lot of stuff to do. So it's actually in your best interest to work really well with me and to figure out how to do that. And I'm trying to do it with you, too. But sometimes I think authors, like, underestimate, like, how important it is to have a good relationship with the person who is out there, like, promoting your book all the time. Like, how you act is on my mind.
1: Yeah. And it also is important because if you're setting up that, that thing where you're like, okay, you're going to have this, like, full-day symposium engagement mm-hmm. with this person who's a good contact of mine, and they're so great. They come to me all the time for authors. Right. You're like, I want to unleash a, this person on them. <laughs> I want to set them up with the author that I know will be best to them. Yeah. You know, the author that's going to be easiest and happiest to do this and who they're going to be like this is a person that I like and I want to be promoting totally
2: and I mean and you can be like a really really charismatic speaker but you can be really really awful to get to that moment and it's like oh is it gonna happen (laughs) like uh, it's 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 a lot of things and I mean it's a really self-involved world and so you have to kind of be aware of like other people are also involved yeah
0: especially cartoonists who spend many months sitting often yes. alone in rooms you have to remember to talk to other people
2: it's it's i am realizing even just as we are doing this whole podcast like i'm asking a lot of you like you've got to be like an artist but you've got to be able to speak to people you've got to be like charismatic but polite like socially aware like well I, I think it's more like publicity is one of many tools that are at yeah. your disposal as like a person who's
0: trying to sell your book and there are things you can do to best to take advantage of that tool. And you don't have to do, like I have friends who don't do conventions anymore. I have friends who are very shy and don't do interviews. And sometimes you can still be successful. That means that maybe you have to be then be realistic what your expectations are about this particular tool. And if it isn't a good fit for you to be taking advantage of, maybe then be putting that energy into other
2: things. I think that's a really good way to put it. Like if you're like, ah, this isn't for me, then like be open to different ways to promote yourself and understand that some things won't happen, but maybe,
0: that's okay. Yeah, Maybe you're a person who has to do like journal comics every single day to get a ton of
2: Twitter followers or something. That like, I love that. Please do go. do that. Everybody. <laughs> I have
0: one practical question. You know, we were talking earlier about how there's like a tour that you are sending an author on, in which mm-hmm. case obviously you're going to be taking care of all the logistics of yes. these things. And then there's that kind of in between thing where it's like the author is paying their own travel and organizing their own thing. Like, other ways that you can help authors out if they're planning to do something like that? Should they be getting in touch with you? Like, yeah. for instance, like, if they're like, I really want to do a signing at this science fiction bookstore in Boston. Like, is that... You're, are you a person who can reach out to the bookstore is that or can you be like oh I can't do that but you should talk to this person in sales like how what kinds of questions are good questions for authors to come and talk to you about if they're planning on organizing their own things
2: well I, I first of all just like I think ask the question of like who should be responsible for this in the case of where I work I do all of that like I will talk to the bookstore I will set this up like that is me um, I'm pretty realistic with authors about, like, when I don't have money to send them places anymore or, like, when, like, what our plan is and then, like, what I can cover. But some places I know have, like – I think Macmillan has, like, an entire, like, department that just
1: deals with, like, travel or, like, a, speaking, a speakers bureau, right? Yeah, that's for paid speaking engagements. So sometimes your publisher, if you're a person who gets paid to do colleges, if you're right. if you're getting paid to go on, like, a lecture circuit, they're like – sign a speaker's contract with us. We're happy to organize all of that. Yeah. But if you're just like, I want to do some school visits in the, the Boston area and then visit the science fiction bookstore. Um, you know, there's, there's cases where your publicist will, will organize that. And sometimes, depending on your publisher, your publicist is like, so you're setting up six months of events for yourself. Um, <laughs> I can organize some stuff with you the week the book comes out. And then that other five months and three weeks of events, you're going to have to organize that yourself. Though yeah. I'm happy to, like, connect you with bookstores, brainstorm a list with you. But I cannot, in fact, set up a 5 months. Uh, long event schedule for you word she's right um
2: (laughs) i i would say the one thing you can always depend on your publisher to do is to like if you're doing an event we will try to make sure books are there like that's the thing like you get yourself there you do whatever like if it is after like the time period in which we have sent you places and it's something that you want to do but i will do my very best to make sure that wherever you're going has your book for sale and like that is something that you should ask for help for because it can go very wrong and then your book won't be there and won't we both be sad. This is the theme of the podcast, which is when in
0: doubt, please just ask. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Communication. Yes. It's very good. So you you mentioned that you're working on three books a month and then sometimes there's this hangover title from the last month that's doing really well that keeps going. So like when sh- when do things stop?
2: Mm, that is a nebulous question. Um Sometimes I never stop. If you're an author who has many books with us, I'll just keep working out with you forever, literally. Um,
1: Like Darf Yeah. Just, like, like goes on and then on and then on and then on some more. Exactly.
2: Um, And, you know, there's – it's not, like – it's high volume every, like, moment, but – Yeah, sometimes I just kind of, like, continue assisting people as they need it until their next book comes out, and then there's a lot of stuff. And then, you know, especially because if you are a big name, I'm going to these cons, we have a booth, like, you're going to be there anyway, I want you signing at our booth. Like, there's
1: so much stuff that goes on. Uh, And Um, that can be a real bonus for an author if they have one publisher. Yes. You know, and they're not hopping around to different houses. Yes, you continue to be loyal yeah (laughs) but you continue to be their publicist all the time you know it's not like yeah you you turn on when the book is happening and then they never see you again if they have a book a year then you're just constantly thinking about them and talking to them
2: totally and I mean that stuff is all connected right like if you're an author who did like a one-off book and you don't make books that often like you're also not gonna probably be trying to do events all the time but if you're somebody who's continuously creating and doing things with us like it makes sense that You're always kind of, like, these opportunities are coming up, you're going to these things, like, it's all, it all works out. I don't often feel like I have to tell an author, like, fuck off, like, it doesn't really happen. Like, we kind of both know, like, they kind of know when to go do their own thing. And I kind of know when I don't have to, like, be so on top of them.
1: I don't know. Yeah. But if a a book is a success, sometimes even a year after publication, sometimes longer than that, you might still be working on that same book.
2: Yeah, because they're making us money. I mean, like at a certain point, if um, you're doing so well that you are going to all these universities, I mean, a university will purchase like, one to 4000 copies of our like, why would I not want to help you? Like, I probably could work on a book for like, you know, months and not make that much money. So I mean, that's a very like, Dark way to look at it, but it's no, true. No, I, I, I think that
0: most of the time when you're hearing about things like sales, you're only hearing about very, very successful books because yeah. that's what articles get written about. But, like, most books, like, selling 50 copies is a big deal. Yes. Like, most books, if you have – I mean, actually, my, my impression is that if you're as an average author, if you have like a couple hundred pre-orders for your book, that's, that's like really
2: good. That's like a big deal. Like way to tweet about your book, I friend. Know. Like it's, I feel like those numbers are crazy to talk to people not in publishing about. They're like, oh your book's doing so well. Like that's great. Like how much did it sell this week? And you're like, it's not what you think. Like <laughs> I'm not even gonna get into it. Like it's just not like it's different. Um, but yeah, no, definitely if you are going to an event and you sell, like, 100 copies, oh, my God, it's, like, that's that's huge. That's man. Yeah. Very happy about that. And, you know, that's also a reason to be, like, if you if you start doing that at every event consistently, that's a reason for me to be, like, yeah, I'll, like, fly you to this place because, like, I know you're going to sell 100 books.
1: If people are listening to this podcast and they're, like, this is my character. So great. I would like to be her when I grow up. What should they do? Oh, God. Um, well, I would say you're in luck because it's not that hard
2: to be me. Um, it, again, i I said this before, but it's not a very competitive market to be in marketing and publicity, I don't think. Uh, we're always looking for interns. I think there's a lot of internships that are open, much more so than an editorial. Um, I don't mean to be so down on publicity. Obviously, I'm having a good time. Um, I get to meet lots of cool people and go places and work on comics that I love. Um, But yeah, I think that the element of it being, you know, you're more of like the support in the background is not as appealing to as many people. So if it's appealing to you... Definitely, there are internships, and often they're paid because we're a little bit more woke about that than we used to be. Um, so <laughs> that's Yay, how you do book it. Publishing. <laughs> so, like,
0: for instance, like, following the Twitter of whatever publisher you're interested in, and then they'll because I mean, I think I feel like First Second does this all the time. Is it we're looking for interns for blah, 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 or, or something like that? Or yeah. ask your school,
2: if you you're know, in school. I think so. I'm now that I'm like, I'm not totally sure. I think that when we post for interns, we do it on like Jobs like whatever that site is, and like Publishers Weekly probably yeah. has it. Um, but definitely, I think that if you are interested in publishing and you are in and you are in school, if you go to your like career counselor people, it like, can be like I want an internship in publishing. Like they will help you reach out.
1: Yeah, or also just, like, keep an eye on yeah. publishers You like websites, and they'll have a job section, and if you just look at it every week, you'll be like, okay, these are the things that are available.
2: Or even email, when they don't have one, and be like, I want to be your intern, like, whenever you guys have an opening, because we, we only usually get an intern for a semester, right? So we're always...
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, like, if somebody, for instance, like, on, you know, on Twitter, you see, like, a publicist who's working at a publisher, like, is it weird for people to at you and ask about
2: that? Like- no, not at all. In fact, I don't think... Um, it's like it's something that we have to look for. So if you're coming to us, that's helpful.
1: <laughs> you're like, this person is so on top of it yeah. and already thinking about this. And
2: one piece of advice to the interns out there who are interested in marketing and publicity and publishing is, you know, I think that when people hear publishing and they hear like books, they're just like, oh, that's cool. Like, But they don't know anything about either of those things, publishing or marketing. Do a little bit of research because it is kind of disheartening when you have an intern who comes in and who's like, like, I showed her, I think it was, like, a final copy of a book. It wasn't even a galley. And she was like, oh, are we editing this? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, this, you're in publicity. This is a final copy of a book. What do you mean? And it was just, like, so clear that she hadn't really thought of any of this. So, you know, do a little bit of research uh, or just listen to this podcast. I was
1: say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but mostly the interns are amazing, and I love them all. So tell us, what's the best part of your job? What do you like the most?
2: What do I like the most? I mean, the meeting the people, honestly, after this whole time of me talking about like the do's and don'ts, like I get to meet so many interesting, diverse, like weird authors. Like, it's really fun. And I mean, like, I'm a weirdo too. So we have a good time and like, we'll be like alone in like Anaheim at some weird show. And we're just like having a cocktail being like, today was so strange. So many strange things happened. Uh, And that's really fun, you know, like, and, and I do think I have a lot of independence in that way because... Um, I do go off and do these events and I I get to make up these things and I don't really have anybody there being like, telling me what to do or saying that that event was bizarre. Why did you set it up? Like you kind of just get to to make things up. And obviously, it's going pretty well. But um, I like I like that part of it. It is a bit creative in that way where every book is special and you get to kind of figure out what you're going to do with it. And you get to work with that person to see how they want to do it. It's cool.
1: Yeah. Do you have a,
2: a least favorite part? A least favorite part. Um Yes, I fucking hate booking travel. I'm so bad at it. And it is a big part of my job. Um, I really, really don't like that part of it. I like the, the idea. I'm like, oh, my God, look at this. You're going to go to Boston and then Philly and whatever. And then I'm like, now who's going to book everything? It is still me. Um, because it's like a thing that's – I don't really trust interns to do that, like, so yeah. much because it's very delicate. And I do have a travel agent I work with sometimes, but you still end up having to do a lot of that work. And for some reason, when I start booking things, like – dates and times and physics don't mean anything and I'm booking a flight on the wrong day I've had to learn the hard way a lot that you can cancel any flight within 24 hours with no fee that's true uh, which is great because I fuck it up all the time <laughs> I like li- like recently two authors who I love and I don't think they hold it against me I literally told them that they had an event on the wrong day and I had to like rebook it like immediately like one of them like canceled a class to go to this event it happens I hate that shit um One day when I am, you know, the empress of everything, I will have many assistants to do that work for me. But for right now, like, please do have patience as I, like,
1: make your shitty itinerary. Uh, I don't mind booking the travel, but putting together the itinerary, Mm -hmm. that is my least favorite part of publicisting. you
0: do such a good job though i got to i i got to have a gina gina itinerary for comic-con one year and i treasure it it was a very good itinerary i mean
2: they often like i don't know how you make yours but i mean i make mine extremely detail-oriented to the point of like you're gonna be at this thing you're gonna be like what is this door like call me like it you really have to get into it and sometimes i mean i do hate that part too but sometimes it's the only way I can actually visualize what's going to happen on a crazy day. Well, the like, ones I've seen
0: include, like, so-and-so is going to meet you yeah. here, or you are responsible for getting yourself to this booth on time on your own. Yeah. Like, that's a thing that could specified.
2: And that is actually another thing for authors is to be a bit independent. Like, obviously, I'm going to make you an itinerary, but sometimes I have authors who are a little bit too, like, being Having a publicist makes you back into a baby and you literally like will not use like common sense that you have to like, oh, like she's not here. I can just find the booth or like, oh, like, you know, there's a big line of people like I'm sure I can like tell them like what needs to happen. Like, obviously, like it's great when you have the support, but you can also do it on your own. Yes.
1: And uh, sometimes here's another author advice piece. Read your itinerary yes, ahead of time. Please. yes. And ask questions if you have them, because probably you've developed them after reading the itinerary.
2: hmm I mean, nothing warms my heart so much as seeing an author come up to me, like, clutching the itinerary I
1: made for them. I'm like,
2: oh, you're using it. And they're like, yes. I don't know. If, if it roles were reversed, I'd want to know, like, what my life was going
1: to be like for the next few days. <laughs> like... I'll also, yeah. check your text messages, definitely. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I just hate the part of putting it together where you're like... I have three different travel reservations that all have different parts of the travel schedule and all of the different bookseller correspondence plus the correspondence with all of the schools plus there's the media stuff that's happening and I have to go into like these 50 different folders to find all of this information and I don't have all of it so now I need to email or call these people and then I have to pull that all together in one document and it's just itineraries I mean, there's so much there is like so 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 much but i mean again when i
2: have that one document i'm like oh it all makes sense i've been doing all this stuff i didn't know how it was gonna click together but now i see it's a beautiful document when it's done <laughs> um but and some authors though are really really good when things go bad like you know you're on a tour things are gonna like Get fucked up sometimes, and some authors are so so good about like landing on their feet. Like I have an author that I share with you who happy to say his name because he is an amazing man, Jim Ataviani.
1: Oh man, he's so great! great. I love
2: him so so much. He does nonfiction graphic novels about like scientists and stuff. Um, he's the best, and he once missed a flight because he was late. And I didn't even know about it till days later because he just rebooked it. And I mean, like, sure, I'm happy to, like, reimburse him. But, like, it wasn't even about that. It's just, like, not getting that call where an author's like, uh, I showed up. My flight's not here. Fix it. And you're just like, what? <laughs> like, are you, like, are you not an adult? Like, and, like, he really was just like, oh, that was my bad. I, I didn't, like, count for traffic and I missed my flight, so I rebooked it. And I was just like, oh. What? You're so beautiful. Like This is so nice of you because he was also at like a show where I had lots of other authors. It's not just him. And he knew that I was stressed and he's a
0: Let's, great man.
2: I'll add that to my list of reasons why he's great. He's great.
0: Usually it's sitting around with other people who've written science comics being like, yeah, writing this book really made me appreciate how he is very good at this very difficult job. Oh, my God.
2: And his wife, so lovely. Also, man, another that is- thing that happened with them, this is like me... Uh, exposing great incompetency on my part. I swear I'm usually more together but um, I once lost my wallet on my way to TCAF in Canada and I showed up to Canada with no wallet and like, I luckily the hotel was booked and my flights were booked but like oh my god, like, I just was like, I don't know how I'm gonna, like, pay for the author dinners and whatever, and Jim and his wife took me out to dinner, and we're like, it's okay, worry about in the morning, it's late, and they bought me food, which is the reverse, like, I am basically just an ATM for my authors when I'm on tour with them, and I was yeah. like, this is so nice, like, no questions, no, why are you so bad at your job, <laughs> just, they just took me out to dinner, it was really nice, um, yes. and then in the morning, I somehow, like, threaten the concierge enough that like I, they got me cash from my Amex that was like not there. It was wild. I don't know how I did it, but
1: I did it. That is an excellent publicist thing. Yes, just I. am I'm extremely impressed. Be very scary all the time. <laughs> um, so, is there anything else that you
2: want to talk about that we missed? I mean, really, again, I, I really do enjoy my job. I enjoy my authors. It's it's really fun. Um, and I even like you know we we're talking about books that have really you know, big platforms already that can sell so much. But, you know, sometimes those are, like, not as fun as the ones where, like, you are just some comics artist and you it's your debut book and we're, like, making it work. And I really, really like that process. I like finding out who you are and what we can do. And sometimes really amazing things happen. So
1: that's, like, you know, why you do what you do and why I can't stop (laughs) for eight years. (laughs) Uh, So if people are not only thinking that they would like to be you when they grow up but Mm -hmm. if they would like to now know more about you where can they find you online
2: interesting um I don't really have like a twitter or anything I'm on instagram um and it's public so you can yeah you can like watch me post about my cat um and my girlfriend and um but yeah I'm at maya underscore claire um should I
1: spell that is it Claire with an I or without no, an I? No, C-L-A-R-E, just my middle name, weirdly, without an I. Okay, and Abrams is probably also online. Yeah,
2: that's actually way more important than you <laughs> following my cat. Um, is, Questionable. Uh, who also has a, a, an Instagram that you will find. Um, Abrams <laughs> is just, I think, just Abrams Books. Um, well, our social media manager is going to be so mad at me if I got that wrong. But We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's there. And we have a Twitter and we have a great site and stuff like
1: that, and it's... It's fun. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us here in Graphic Novel TK. Thanks for having me. Okay, well, thank you all for listening to Graphic Novel TK. We are super excited that you did. Our next episode is going to be all about distribution. So tune in in two weeks and we'll start talking about how your books actually get the places that Maya is sending you and um, all sorts of other fascinating things about the back end of publishing. Extremely exciting. Not kidding.
0: Graphic Novel TK is co produced by Gina Gagliano and Allison Wilgus and is brought to you by The Beat. You can find our show notes along with other comics news and podcasts at comicsbeat.com. Our podcast graphics were created by Shivana Sofdeo. Our theme music is by Poddington bear You can follow us on Twitter at Graphic Novel TK or email us at graphicnoveltk at gmail.com. This has been a therapy session for me, a person who is about to start working on publicity oh. for her book, and I deeply appreciate it. I was,
1: I'm so happy that that we could do this for you. No, Why? it's good. Really, that's what this was all about—is making you me good feel vibes. better. About- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Allie, I'm sticking my tongue out at you. <laughs> Not really, because it's difficult to talk while sticking my tongue out at the same time. But metaphorically, yeah, it's fine. In May um, your tour sell like 450 copies. <laughs>
2: Just kidding it's gonna sell so much. Just gonna be great. No, it's
0: I, look, I'm gonna take what I can get
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I like honestly, like I think you know, it's cool to be realistic, but I bet you're gonna sell so many more. It's gonna it's be gonna awesome, be great. all
0: okay. of us, everybody listening to this podcast will sell so many yes. books. Yes. being blessed by this podcast anyway because
1: everyone listening to this podcast will have taken all of my advice <laughs> and um all of the advice from our past episodes about marketing your book well and communicating with your publisher well and being on top of all this stuff Optimized it into success